This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Welcome to the show, everyone. With the episode today, we are going over the first round of your fantasy draft by position and things you should consider uh, in terms of strategies, as well as going through in terms of average draft position based off of the website you're using, why you should be considering that. Because again, uh, it is critical to your draft strategy to understand where certain guys are ranked versus your own ranking. So without much further ado, I will kind of break down my thought process in terms of uh, the first round of where guys should go and wherein uh, your strategy should be focused on. So overall number one pick, this is going to be a little bit uh, of a pick them because of the fact that I favor one guy over the other depending on uh, format. So if we're talking about standard leagues or half-point PPR leagues, uh, my overall number one would be Gurley. Now, if we're doing a full-point PPR, uh, it actually shifts over to Le'Veon Bell. Reason being, Bell catches a few more passes than Gurley. So points-wise, Bell would actually edge out Gurley in terms of uh, my projections. Now, reason being you need to be focused on what scoring format of your league is, is that uh, if it's a full point PPR, then you're going to see some wide receivers uh, that uh, should be in the projections for first round picks. If it's half point or standard, which is even more favoring running backs, then uh, the wide receivers are going to drop like flies out of uh, the first round. So, again, uh, one thing you have to be cognizant of, and I talk about this in terms of uh, uh, draft uh, do's and don'ts, you absolutely have to know your scoring format to a T prior to the draft because that's how you're going to set up your strategy. Uh, in leagues in order to capitalize. If you want to maximize uh, your draft uh, uh, success or, uh, or not, uh, you know, that's uh, that's rule number one in my opinion. Uh, there's no getting around it. So, 
Uh, moving on, I mean, in terms of Gurley and Bell, uh, what separates them? Uh, I think Gurley has better offensive line. Uh, the scheme also favors Gurley. Now, Le'Veon has the case, and I've been a proponent of it. You know, contract year guys tend to ball out more. It's just human nature. they got to put up numbers. So I would not be shocked in the slightest seeing Le'Veon put up monster numbers that ends up uh, outshining Gurley. It's just that my feeling is that Gurley is playing in a division where Seattle's on a rebound. Arizona's in pretty much a rebuild mode. You know, there's not really, you know, as much as San Francisco turned the corner with their offense last year, the defense still had a number of question marks. So, again, I feel as though as a division, you've got a much weaker division defensively for Gurley to take advantage of. And that's really one of the reasons why David Johnson is still hanging around. Uh, but I'll, I'll get to him uh, shortly uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, it's a case where uh, he can take advantage of a weaker division. So, uh, moving on to pick number three, just because one and two, uh, depending on format, it's going to be Bell or Gurley. Uh, as I said, half point or standard Gurley, PPR, Bell. But uh, pick number three uh, would be David Johnson in most cases, in, in my opinion. Uh, the reason being is the fact that the NFC West just is is a mess. You know, I know there's concern about Arizona's offensive line. I completely recognize that. And to be honest, if you took Zeke at three, I could easily make a case for that as well. There really is splitting hairs between the two of them in both formats just because they both uh, catch a ton of passes. The reason why I'm giving the edge to Johnson here is uh, the fact that Larry Fitzgerald is still there in the passing game. So Arizona, while it's it's still going to be a mess, you're still going to have opportunities uh, for uh, the passing game uh, to make things easier uh, for the run game. Now, for Dallas... You know, they have a great offensive line, but I'm still still questioning the passing game uh, with Zeke and uh, the wide receiver core. You know, I don't have an issue with taking Zeke as a flyer as a late round uh, second QB uh, backup. But, you know, Alan Hearns, you know, he, he can put up numbers, but I'm, I'm not entirely sold that the box isn't going to be stacked against Zeke every single game this year because that's how I would play Dallas straight up is just stack the box and hope for the best against Zeke. Uh, you know, David Johnson, while it's a weaker offensive line, you know, he's not going up against nearly the caliber of defenses that Zeke is going to be facing the entire season. So that's the reason why, you know, because of the schedule, I've, I've got a slight edge to David Johnson, although I think overall uh, Zeke Elliott is going to be right there on his heels in, in terms of uh, fantasy production uh, as a whole. 
Now, in terms of the first three picks, uh, again, I've listed out through running backs, you know, there's going to be a wide length of time in, in terms of the picks themselves before you guys are going to be back on the clock. So, realistically, you're going to have to kind of read the tea leaves as to how many running backs are coming off the board or how many wide receivers are coming off the board before your next pick. Now, you can go, you can double up on the running backs, but if it goes running back heavy uh, the first two rounds, realistically, you're going to get more value uh, out of your draft if you go wide receiver with the next uh, pick that you have at the back end of the second round. That's why, you know, depending on where guys uh, such as uh, Jarek McKinnon, Joe Mixon go, you know, Dalvin Cook will most likely be gone uh, by the time it comes back to you guys. But, you know, again, depending on how those uh, players uh, pan out in the second round, kind of gives you an idea of whether or not you may end up getting a shot uh, along the lines of uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Devontae Adams, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of it balances out that way. Tyreek Hill. So, again, those players may still be available. AJ Green may still be available, depending on uh, how uh, the drafts go, because I've, I've seen that kind of balance happen uh, towards the back end of the second round with uh, some of those top wide receivers dropping that far in the draft. Uh, they shouldn't, in my opinion, but, uh, you know, it just depends on how running back heavy uh, – the, uh, the early rounds end up becoming uh, uh, this year in fantasy. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Stroud have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. So, uh, with the fourth uh, pick, we talked about... uh, Ezekiel Elliott, but in PPR leagues, uh, I would actually put Zeke one step behind Antonio Brown because this is where Brown can truly excel is in PPR format where he's just going to get the lion's share of targets from the Steelers. So, you know, again, averaging well over 100 catches a year uh, and just putting up ridiculous touchdown numbers, you could put Antonio Brown and he's going to edge out a number of uh, running backs selected in the first round in PPR format so you know I have no qualms putting Antonio up there now if it's half point then I'm going to slide Antonio down just because uh, the additional catches don't uh, start uh, don't outpace the running backs uh, nearly as much anymore so it does make a significant difference in the overall standings The next player that would be coming off the board is Alvin Kamara. So uh, Kamara, fifth in terms of half-point 
PPR, full point, six. The boost he gets here is the fact that Mark Ingram suspended for the first four games of the year. Uh, you know, during that time, I expect the Kamara to be uh, actually ahead of uh, Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson to start the year. I think as we get closer uh, to the return of Ingram, then you're going to get that awkward period of where Ingram gets reassimilated into the offense. So then Kamara starts taking a step back. So, uh, first uh, month of the year, you could see Kamara owners actually doing more damage than the Gurley and Bell owners even. Uh, it just depends on uh, how much uh, of the lion share Kamara gets with uh, Ingram being out of the mix just because of how explosive Kamara was last year. And from an efficiency standpoint, he was even higher than Bell and Gurley were in terms of uh, the touches they all received versus the amount of fantasy points generated. So uh, Kamaro could be in line for massive gains early on in the season, and then uh, we start seeing the correction once uh, Ingram gets back into the mix and starts sucking up uh, the carries again. Moving on, we've got Saquon Barkley, uh, the Giants. Now, this could be viewed as a homer pick, but realistically, I'm seeing this from the standpoint of you got the Giants that – Spent their first round pick on Barkley instead of trading down, but be that as it may, they went with Barkley, and they're going to use him in the offense. Now, taking Barkley ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. is how I see the Giants kind of working this offense. I think they're going to use Saquon to open up Odell underneath. So I, I, I think uh, overall. You're going to see a lot of Saquon being featured in the offense, even if, even though the Giants may be more efficient uh, throwing uh, wide receiver screens instead of throwing running back screens to Barkley. I still think, uh, you know, the Giants short passing game is going to be predicated on Barkley as opposed to Beckham. Hence the reason why Barkley is going to get the nod here ahead of Beckham in the first round, uh, just uh, from the way the Giants offense has looked in the preseason, that seems to be the way things are actually skewing uh, this year. So, uh, in both uh, half-point and PPR formats, I'm actually going to give the edge to Saquon over Beckham in terms of draft pick, and it can go completely different uh, way uh, based off of some of the drafts I've seen uh, thus far. I've seen Saquon go first, I've seen Beckham go first, but I don't. Uh, I don't think it, it's. Uh, they necessarily correlate that one is going to excel at the expense of the other. They're going to complement each other. It's just a matter of how efficient the Giants' offense can be is ultimately going to dictate whether or not both players are worthy of being first-round draft picks, uh, being teammates. So, similar to the way Bell and Antonio Brown operate. Uh, you know, the fact that one's doing well doesn't necessarily mean that the other one's going to have a bad day at the office. So uh, it's going to be a situation to monitor throughout the year. But I, I do feel as though Saquon, uh, uh, by and large, is going to end up being uh, in that middle range of uh, rankings. Whereas, you know, myself being more on the conservative side, I probably hold off on uh, drafting him in that spot. 
I, I just feel as though overall projections wise that that's where he's still shaping up to end up uh, being at now uh, again this is where you're gonna get slight uh, deviations between uh, drafting uh, half point and drafting uh, full PPR because you're gonna be focused on so many running backs uh, being in the middle of the first round gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of doubling up on the running back situation because in my opinion uh, there's uh, going to be a wider gulf between uh, the elite running backs and everybody else versus the elite wide receivers and everybody else. Uh, you know, the amount of running back by committees in the NFL seems to be increasing rather than decreasing. So once you get uh, to a certain point, and Melvin Gordon is going to be that tipping point where uh, the usage of certain players starts going down significantly. Uh, so uh, you're going to have Gordon, you're going to have Dalvin Cook, but after that, you know, it, it's a lot of committees. Uh, uh, and then it, you get to a point where after McCoy, you're definitely going to be in running back committee, uh, committees. Uh, it's just a situation where if you're in the middle round picks, it makes sense doubling up on uh, the running backs just because it, it gives you a little bit more of an advantage of where your draft spot ends up being at. And then you can backfill uh, on the wide receivers uh, come the middle rounds because you've uh, shored up uh, your running back one and uh, running back two spots. And you might even be able to get a third running back uh, uh, in the sub subsequent rounds to uh, be your flex. Or you could take a wide receiver uh, and balance it out that way uh, in, uh, for your flex. So uh, definitely a number of ways you can kind of play around with uh, the situation. So uh, moving on, uh, you know, yeah, uh, you kind of get to pick seven. So this is where in a half-point league I would have Antonio Brown. Obviously a full-point PPR, he, he'd go higher. Uh but uh, you know that that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, moving to pick number eight. So for half point, I actually have Cream Hunt. For full point, this is where uh, DeAndre Hopkins would be slotted, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Hopkins, the big play potential is gonna be there. Uh, I think the amount of touchdowns Hopkins generates. Uh, puts him in uh, lock for uh, the middle of the first round. So I, I could see him going even earlier uh, because uh, I could see folks making the argument that Hopkins has the potential in certain formats to actually put up more points than Antonio Brown this year uh, as long as it's not PPR. So if it's half point or standard, I, can, I, I definitely see the argument uh, in case to be made that uh, Hopkins might actually outperform Antonio Brown with Deshaun Watson uh, behind center. I think that's a little bit too aggressive, but uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So, moving on uh, with uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, again, this is a case where Kareem Hunt, 
should be getting the lion's share of carries, but I wouldn't put it past Andy Reid to feature some packages with Spencer Ware. So, you know, I look at Cream Hunt. He's still running back one, in my opinion, but I don't think it's nearly going to be the same level of carries as he had last year. So, you know, there's a good and bad side to this. Uh, bad side is, you know, obviously from a touches standpoint, he's got to be become more efficient. Well, on the good side, I think the wall that uh, Kareem Hunt hit uh, at points last year doesn't happen with Spencer Ware taking some of the load off. So, uh, again, you know, it's catch-22, but I, I do think that there's ways where that, that would be beneficial to Kareem Hunt overall. Moving on, uh, so actually I had a DeAndre at uh, number nine for half point PPR and for full point PPR, I'm going to roll the dice on Julio Jones. You know, again, I know some folks would be looking for Beckham at this point, but Julio Jones still is putting up monster numbers. The issue why he wasn't even better last year is the fact that the Atlanta offense did not utilize Julio Jones at all in the red zone. They used him as a decoy, and it never made any sense to anyone, and it burned them in the playoffs. So in the offseason, I'm sure it was made abundantly clear to Steve Sarkeesian he's got to figure out a way of getting the ball to Julio Jones in the red zone. And so far in the preseason, they've tried to do exactly that. So I've seen more plays run for Julio uh, that were effective than in the past two years alone. Uh, so I think Julio has the potential this year of outperforming Beckham. You know, whether or not it, it, it pans out, you know, obviously we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I do feel as though uh, there is potential here for uh, Julio to uh, put up monster numbers and uh, end up being the uh, – third wide receiver overall uh, in the draft. So, in terms of the next pick, so, you know, at pick number 10 for half point, uh, we got Leonard Fournette, full point, now we have Odell. Uh, Fournette, he is very much dependent on uh, the format. So, in half point and standard, he's a top 10 pick. In PPR format, uh, Leonard Fournette is middle of the second round, mainly because of the fact that he doesn't catch a ton of passes, so he gets downgraded quite a bit uh, in PPR format uh, just because Yeldon's going to get uh, the, uh, the catches uh, as the passing ba uh, da uh, down back uh, in Jacksonville's offense. So uh, that's not really going to change that uh, all that much uh, this year. So. Uh, uh, you know, it's a, one of those things you have to be cognizant of your scoring format uh, when you're uh, setting up your rankings. So moving on, uh, pick number 11, uh, Julio Jones in half point PPR. Obviously, he was already in full point PPR by now. Uh, and then if we're talking full point PPR, uh, pick number 11, in my opinion, would be Michael Thomas. Uh, for uh, New Orleans Saints, who was the most consistent wide receiver in the league last year. Uh, he didn't score the most points uh, of the wide receivers, 
but he was the most consistent uh, 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 week in, week out because of the receptions he got from Breeze. And, you know, even if he didn't get in the end zone, he was still getting you six, uh, six, uh, six seven catches a game and putting up over 80 yards. So, again, very high floor, no problem at all taking him in the first round. Uh, you know, even in a half point PPR situation, I could be talked into uh, taking uh, Michael Thomas. I still would probably hold off on doing it, uh, just because uh, uh, if I had a, a draft spot where I could double up uh, on a, a running back and a wide receiver at the back end of the first round, I would uh, look at Michael Thomas uh, and give him a hard look. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think in a full PPR format, uh, you have to take him in the first round. He was just way too consistent uh, as a player not to uh, uh, give him uh, the call here. And rounding out the first round, we've got Melvin Gordon for half-point PPR leagues and Kareem Hunt for full PPR. So, uh, we talked about uh, Kareem Hunt already. For Melvin Gordon, this is just a usage standpoint. You know, even though his efficiency isn't as high as some of the other running backs that are uh, ahead of him in the first round here, he still gets a ton of volume with uh, the Chargers. So by that reason alone, uh, he is still going to be a first-round pick. You know, you're, you're probably going to be gritting your teeth uh, watching games with him just because from an actual football standpoint, I'm not sold on Melvin Gordon, to be perfectly frank. But considering this is fantasy football where uh, usage is everything, he's still a first-round pick. So the reality of the situation is while Melvin Gordon may not be very good, the Chargers spent a high draft round pick on him, so they're going to give him every opportunity to fail. So if he still has issues getting over a 1,000 yards this year with the amount of carries he's going to get, then you may see the Chargers start making decisions about his future uh, sooner than later uh, once we get to uh, closer to the end of the year. But it's going to take a lot for Melvin Gordon to lose uh, – his starting position on the Chargers, which is why he's uh, a lock for a first-round pick. Uh, you know, there are other guys here that have more talent, in my opinion, like Dalvin Cook and uh, McCaffrey, but Melvin Gordon's got a little bit more stability than either one of those guys, so uh, Gordon is, is still going to get the nod here, uh, even though from an overall talent perspective, it, it's... I'm not necessarily seeing uh, a whole lot uh, to be uh, have oohs and ahs. I think it's just more of a, you know, uh, you know, he gets the job done, but don't expect to be wowed by Melvin Gordon. So in terms of draft strategies, uh, I look at this as a, a draft where Depending on uh, your uh, position draft, you kind of want to shore up the running back position early on, then backload with uh, wide receivers. Now, 
again, this is where I say not everyone can use the exact same strategy. If you're seeing a, a running back run go on in the second round and you're at the back end of the second round, then you're going to have to take advantage of the wide receivers that are still going to be left available on here because there are going to be a number of uh, number one wide receivers uh, still in play here. So I look at it as a case where these guys are going to be uh, in a position that can get you more points than reaching for a running back. But conversely, if the wide receivers start going second round, then you need to be taking another running back. So uh, uh, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to prepare yourself for different scenarios as to if X, uh, if X happens, I'm going to do Y. Or if Y happens, I'm going to do Z, and you know, so on and so forth. So you gotta be able to have those contingencies in place ahead of the draft, so that as long as you know where your draft position is, and you can kind of see where uh, the draft is uh, moving along, then you can start uh, figuring out uh, what your exit strategy is going to be for the next three picks. Because the worst thing you can do in a fantasy draft is panic and reach on a player just because you didn't uh, foresee uh, a player you were uh, uh, locked up in your queue and were salivating over dropping to you and all of a sudden he gets sniped at the last uh, possible second so again you got to figure out your overall strategy it's like i wouldn't necessarily focus on individual players so much as what you're prioritizing uh, based off of uh, draft conditions, uh, just because you got a lot of death coming up in rounds two through four uh, in this year's draft, so it's a more of a focus on where you think your team needs are going to be versus how uh, the actual draft, uh, your individual draft, is uh, playing out uh, in live format. So. Uh, we'll go into that a little bit further as we get uh, go deeper into the rankings, but uh, we're going to uh, cap that off for now. And uh, in terms of uh, the overall sentiment that I have for the first round, uh, again, this is going to be a year where uh, running backs are coming out in full force just because we've, we've had a, a, a wide receiver uh dominance uh, for the last few years uh, in the middle of the first round and back end of the first round. Uh, this year, I see a ton of running backs coming off the board. We could easily have uh, uh, a situation in most drafts where nine running backs come off the board in the first round. So, uh, And I would not be shocked by that whatsoever. And it could easily even be ten uh to be honest, if someone uh, reaches. So uh, we'll see uh, exactly how the final uh, average draft positions end up, but uh, it is shaping up to be a running back-driven uh, draft this year, even in the PPR leagues. Uh, so I feel as though that you, know, you can take advantage of that in some respects as long as you uh, – uh, prepare and advance as to uh, some of the different scenarios that will play out. So that'll do it for now. Uh, we'll get into the 
rounds two through four in the next episode. So uh, for Dwayne Calder, this is a Fancy Throwdown Podcast. Have a good one, folks. It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.